Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. May all of us just realize the glory of the Father and understand the importance of His presence and His power in our lives. So if you have your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But before you do that, just put your finger in your Bible, as we will be saying our Bible decree. And if you have your Bible with you, you'll just turn it up nice and high, and we'll say our Bible decree together. Amen? Here's how it goes, and, and then the kids are dismissed to head back to Children's Church. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Amen? That we will not sin against God. Today I'm going to be speaking on enlarging your vision. Enlarging your vision. And I hope this comes as a word of encouragement to each and every one of you, as I believe we are in a time when we need to practice faith. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And, and in this message today, I hope that you will be able to embrace and maybe increase your faith. And that in areas of your life where maybe you have felt somewhat uh, like your faith is being diminished or decreased, that you can walk away saying, you know what, I need this in my personal life, I need it in my relationship, I need to increase my faith even with Jesus Christ in that spiritual perspective, and then also maybe even in the business world. You know, my whole life has been lived and, and uh, gone out by faith, and so, but I love this, this is my life verse, and I have it highlighted in my Bible because I think it's so important. In verse 24 it says, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. But nothing shall move me, but none of these things I count dear near unto myself. But one thing that I know for sure, that I will finish the course. That God has given me. Turn, if you would, please, to Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. In verse 13, it says, Brethren, brothers, sisters, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. And then in verse 14 it says this, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark. I had a story about a man on vacation in Hawaii with his wife, and he was a good man who had achieved a modest measure of success. But he was coasting along, thinking that he had already reached his limits in life. But one day, a friend was driving the couple around the island, showing them the sights. They stopped to admire this gorgeous home, set high up on this hill. 
The property was replete with beautiful palm trees and lush green gardens in a picturesque, peaceful setting with panoramic view overlooking the ocean. And as the man gazed at this magnificent home, he commented to his wife and to his friend, I can't even imagine living in a place like that. Now watch what just happened. Right there, something inside of him said, don't worry, you won't. You will never live in a great place like that. Startled at his own thoughts, he asked himself, well, well, what do you mean? As long as you can't imagine it, as long as you can't see it, then it is not going to happen for you. The man correctly realized that his own thoughts and attitudes were condemning him to mediocrity. He determined then and there to start believing better of himself and believing better of God. You see, it's the same way with us. We have to conceive it on the inside before we're ever going to receive it on the outside. Let me say this again. We have to conceive it on the inside before we're ever going to receive it on the outside. If you don't think you can have something good, then you never will. Because, see, the barrier is in your mind. It's not God's lack of resources or your lack of talent that prevents you from prospering. Your own wrong thinking can keep you from God's best. So, you see... We have to conceive it on the inside before we're ever going to receive it on the outside. One day, Ryan and I, we were out working, and he was driving, man, this decked-out, lush Hyundai. Over 150,000 miles. How many miles? 200,000 miles. He loved that car. And as we were working, he said, you know, I'd love to have a Camaro. I said, well, why don't you have one? You work real hard. You need to get one. And he said, well, you know, people have kind of discouraged me from doing that. I just got this car, and I want to make sure that with my bills, so on and so forth. I said, well, then, because you're not speaking it, it'll never happen. So you've got to conceive it inside your heart before you'll ever allow something like that, like that to manifest. Oh, preachers going on, you know, there's, there's a prosperity gospel message coming here. No, I just believe that God loves his children. And if I were to ask you a question, do you love your children? Do you love your cats, your dogs, your animals? Do you love your kids? Do you love... Yes, you do. You want the best for your family. That's each and every one of us. So as we were at that account and we were cleaning, I looked right at him. I said, claim it. I want you to start tomorrow. He said, what? I said, I want you to start tomorrow, and I want you to start looking for that car that God has for you. He goes, really? I said, yes, really. I said, listen, you have to conceive it on the inside before you're ever going to receive it on the outside. Start believing for more. Start enlarging your vision. You don't have to live in mediocrity anymore. You know who your provider is? You know one who gives provision is Jesus. God provides. He knows what your needs are and he wants to provide for you. Don't be limited to what the naysayer had to say. Listen, we always have people over here telling us we can't. But I just read in the scriptures that it said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I said, the question is, how are you going to use that car? Is it going to help you to get back and forth? Are you going to be able to get to church? Will you, will you be able to do some things that maybe you couldn't before, maybe travel distances that you've never gone before? I don't know. But he said, yeah. I said, great. Well, then start believing for more. So he started looking immediately. He was able to find a Camaro. He went and looked at it, was blown away because it had how many miles? 
13,000 miles for a 2014 Camaro. Yeah, and he went to Ron Marhofer Hyundai to get the car, amen? So let me just show you. So now when you get to see him with his hard part and his greasy hair and his cool car, he started enlarging his vision. He started believing for more. I said, Ryan, you no longer have to live a life of mediocrity. You no longer have to live where you used to be. Step out, step out. The prize is at the end of the race. God is here for you. It says here in the scripture, don't consider yourself to have apprehended, but this one thing do. Forgetting what was behind and pressing forward. Listen, you will hear those things in your head and you will hear the enemy tell you, you can't. Even with what we're going through, I thought this is a perfect message for today. We are skewed, church, listen to me, and I speak with such intimacy and passion that we're like this now. We're not seeing the greater vision. It's almost like we all need to go back to the eye doctor and say, hey, can we see a little clearer? God, we've forgotten who you are. We've lost our sense of faith. We've, we've allowed fear to encompass us. And so, you know, no matter what happens, God, because of all of the, the news and the social media, we've started to believe everything that we have heard from everybody. And I know that the scripture says, keep pressing toward, keep pressing on. Listen, if you're pressing against something, there's resistance, right? So you've got to press towards it to get where you're going. People will say, well, you make it look so easy. No, I never said it was easy. You've got to press. There's always resistance. You know, I said, listen, if there's anything that I could tell our church, don't let a pandemic rip apart the kingdom of heaven. Don't let the influences of the world and social media to rip apart our families. It's not important. What's important is that we stay focused where we're supposed to be going, enlarging our vision, moving forward, going places we, like Buzz Lightyear has said, places we've never gone before. This is where our faith is tested. Maybe for some of you that are here, you've had this, woe is me, I have the worst luck. Oh, I know he doesn't like me. I know she hates this color. My hair is ugly. She or he will not like it. I am too fat or I'm too skinny. I hate my job. It's the worst, etc. Some of you, you would say, kids at school don't even like me. They don't even care for me. You too may have assumed that you've already peaked, that you've reached your limits in life, that you will never be more successful. Listen, I'll never achieve, I'll never achieve significance. Well, then do something meaningful or enjoy the good things in life that I've seen others enjoy. Sad to say, for many of us, you're exactly right. Unless you're willing to change your thinking. That's why living out your life the first step to living at your full potential is to do what enlarge your vision where there is no vision the people perish oh satan is out there to try to trip me up to distract me from the greater cause and that's our relationship with jesus 
So I stand up here to say I'm humbled that a God sent his son to love me and that I can stand up here and love others the way Jesus loved. There's so much to be done in our life. You must start looking at life through eyes of faith. Seeing yourself rising to new levels. See your business taking off. See your marriage restored. See your family prospering. See your dreams coming to pass. You must conceive it and believe it if it is possible. If, if, you, are ever, if you ever hope to experience it, you must believe it. To conceive it, you must have an image on the inside of the life you want to live on the outside. This image has to become a part of you in your thoughts, in your conversation, deep down in your subconscious mind, in your actions, in every part of your being. My daughter Megan stopped by the house this morning. It's so weird when I don't have all my kids here. It's like I have my own little cheering section over here. But I have one right there. And uh, I have actually in two. So with, with that being said, she stopped by the house this morning and said, you know, Dad, what would you take? My stomach's been really hurting me and so on and so forth. I don't feel good. And I said, well, you know, you could try this, try that. But then I said, can I ask you something? The door's open. I said, do you want your dad to pray for you? I can pray over you. But I said, honey, there's something important that I need to tell you. She's like, what's that, Dad? I said, in order to believe that God is going to make things work in a miracle way in healing, you got to conceive it on the inside. And I said, honey, you're fearing everything. She went down through a list of 432 things of what she thinks this little stomach ache might be. I don't know what it is either. But she's 20 years old, and so all the things that she was reading normally happens to guys my age or women my, our age. And uh, I said, get off Google. <laughs> Google doctor's not good. It will lead you down a path of worry, stress, and anxiety. And, uh, and, and so I told her, I said, listen, if you want God to heal you and take this away, start believing it on the inside. Let me tell you another story. There's a lady that's in our church. And for 30 years, she's lived in a house. A house that was wonderful. She raised her boys in. You know, her and her husband just loved that house, but her husband loved it more than she loved it. And so for years, they did everything they could to make that house a home. And yet every day she'd wake up, she'd say, oh, this house is like a burden on my back, and I don't like it. And her name's Patty. <laughs> Sitting here in the front row. So she gets together with her boys, and she's like, I want to show you something. And they're like, what? I'm, first of all, she went out and sold her house. We talked. Do you think it'll sell, Pastor? Oh, it'll sell. It will sell. you got to believe it'll sell. Cash deal done over with. She's out of there. 30 years, praise the Lord. 30 years she's been in this house. And the Lord took George home and she said, you know, I know people go through their own grief and mourning in their own way, in their own dynamic, and, and, but for me, I just need to move on. And so every day I'm reminded of some things and I want to do some things that Patty wants to do. I said, well, let me go back to my thought. You got to conceive it on the inside before you can believe it'll happen on the outside. And I said, that's faith. So here's a woman who says, I'm going to start looking. And I would like to make an announcement to the whole church because I watched her do this in the center of Value City Furniture. When the woman called, 
and she's getting the most bougiest, glamorous penthouse that's ever that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm not kidding. This place is laid out. And the lady says to her, as we were, my wife and I were with Patty a couple days ago, and as we were looking at furniture to fill up this bougie, glamorous apartment, because she's moving on up to the east side. Just kidding. And, uh, and, and so I told her, I said, you can do this. You have to believe it. If this is something you want, don't worry about it. You just do it. Achieve it. Pray over it. Let God do the rest. So when the woman called, she says, Patty. Well, actually, Patty was a little nervous when she called. She said, I haven't heard from you this morning. And she goes, well, what are you worried about? I already told you you got the apartment. Patty said, what? Yes, it happened. And I saw it right in the middle of Value City Furniture. Patty started doing twirlies. Just like this, all the way around. And she said, I got it. I can't believe I got it. And, uh, and when I say she's moving on up, just like the Jeffersons, to the east side, she's moving on up. And so I'm really happy for her. I'm happy for what God has done for her. But I know that dealing with George, George and Patty, he was my treasurer for years. You can only be a treasurer of a church and understand the importance of faith. Because that's all we have, right, Brother Steve? <laughs> we go by faith, and God provides. God takes care of us. That's what God did for her. And some said, to her, oh, you can't move there. Don't you move there. You can't afford that. That's not smart. I wouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Why would you do that? Be very careful. Do that. There was more naysayers than there were gainsayers. And so at first she's like, oh, no. Am I doing the right thing? And I said, you know what? You've, count, you've consulted with your family, and that's what it's about. And I said, you do what you want to do. Live your best life now in larger vision. And you've, you've done a lot in your life, and so God has blessed you, and so reap those blessings of faith. Let me have a word of prayer with you before we turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Father, we love you. We thank you for this morning's message. In the next few minutes, speak to us. Lord, direct your word to, to increase all of our faith. In real life, it's real. It's tangible. God works all things out for his good. And so, God, we ask that you would just bless this message. Hide, hide me behind the cross. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Let us know that, Lord, in the midst of what we're going through, we believe in you and we trust in you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 7. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. I love this narrative, so if you'll follow along with me, we're in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 7. I love that it's great examples of faith. I love that it is the faith hall of fame and that it really starts to uh, explain our Christian life. Would, how, what an honor it would be someday to be put in the hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed and at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. You see, in verse 4, it says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gift. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his, what? His example of faith. 
You see, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Man, alive right there it is. When you seek Jesus, he rewards you. Amen? So if somebody says, I haven't seen anything, well, you need to get your eyes checked. Enlarge your vision. Now, where was I at? Which verse? Verse 7, thank you. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By faith, by his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world. And he received the righteousness that comes by faith. I'm just going to stop right there. When it says that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood, he obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. You know, we've done a lot by faith, and when I look at the stories and the the biblical characters that have been highlighted, and you'll see Abraham from Jacob to Isaac, and some of the other characters that are found from Moses in this narrative. But I love that with Noah, Noah was in a place where there was a national and global crisis. And Noah needed the peace of God. And that's all Noah had. And I'm sure there were some of his families who said, family members who said, don't do it. But when you put your faith and trust in God, he will give you double for your trouble. When you put your faith and trust in God, he will give you double for your trouble. Church, I want you to know that he is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. I am living proof of that. I have seen God do things that I could have never done myself. And when God speaks and we hear his audible voice and we move on the prompting of the Holy Spirit, then we will see God do miraculous things in our lives. Our first step of faith is trusting and believing that he sent his only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. That we become one with our Savior. That now we are a child of God when we put our faith and trust in him. Our world is being moved by fear. The things that we do are driven by fear. I have anxiety. I have irritable bowel. I've said that before. I get in, it's called traveler's diarrhea. Thought I'd throw that out there in the message today. You get in a car and you panic. You know what that is? That's fear. And so you have to think out your map. You have to think out this process. And I was blessed to pass this stronghold down to my fourth-born daughter. She has the same issues that I have. And so when she travels, anxiety 
starts to come about. I'm glad I was able to share that with everybody in the church. All right, thank you. That was an advertisement. And, uh, but, but step number one, point number one, envision your success. From the time she was a little girl, Tara Holland dreamed of becoming Miss America. And in 1994, she entered the Miss Florida pageant and won the title of first runner-up. She decided to try again the following year. She entered the same contest and once again won the prize at first runner-up. Tara was tempted to get down and discouraged, but she didn't do that. She stayed focused on her goal. She decided she needed to change her environment, so she moved to Kansas. And in 1997, she entered the Miss Kansas pageant and won the title that same year. She went on to be crowned Miss America. Tara Holland saw her dream come to pass. In an interview after the pageant, someone asked Tara the secret to her success. She admitted that after she had lost twice in a row at the state-level competitions, she had been tempted to give up, but instead she went out and rented dozens of videos of local pageants, state pageants, Miss Teen, Miss Universe, Miss World, whatever she could find. She rented hundreds of videos and various pageants and watched them over and over again. And every time she envisioned herself walking down the runway time and time again, she envisioned herself as a winner. Have you ever walked down that runway? Have you ever seen yourself accomplishing your dreams? Do you keep that vision of victory always before you? You see, Tara Holland made up her mind that she wasn't going to be runner-up, that she was going to be Miss America. What did she do? She developed an attitude of faith and success. Our daughter, Lindsay, she says, I want to be a waitress. I don't want to be a hostess. And if they don't allow me to be a waitress, I'm going to quit my job. So mom and I, we just kept talking to her and telling her, you need to pray over this. You see, you need to find favor with the owners. And so in the midst of a very deep conversation in the front end of our vehicle between her mother and her, very passionately expressing one another's feelings. She says, I'm not staying here. And mom says to her, Becky says, well, then fine, pray about it. But you're not leaving. You can move up and move on. And so she stayed at her job. And gave us a call a few days later and said, guess what? I'm now waitressing. Amen? And that's what God does. She loves what she does. She loves doing that. She loves serving people. But she could have had the same type of attitude. You either stay behind the curtain or you walk the runway and you change the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you step, the way you move. And you become... Miss America, or Mr. America, Mr. Olympia, whatever it might be, you have to believe by faith that God is working all things out for you. What you keep before your eyes will affect you. You will produce what you're continually seeing in your mind. And if you foster an image of defeat and failure, then you're going to live that kind of life. 
But if you develop an image of victory, of success, of health, and of abundance, joy, peace, and happiness, nothing on earth will be able to hold those things from you. You see, too many times we get stuck in a rut thinking, well, we've reached our limit. We don't really stretch our faith. We don't believe for anything bigger. But God wants us to constantly be increasing, to be rising to new heights. He wants to increase you in wisdom and help make better decisions. God wants to increase you financially by giving you promotion, by giving you fresh ideas, by giving you creativity, by allowing you to use your giftings that God has given you to go to the next level. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 that God wants to pour out his favor. His far beyond favor. And God wants this to be the best time of your life. But if you're going to receive this favor, you must enlarge your vision. You can't go around thinking negative, defeated, limiting thoughts. Oh, well, I've gone as far as my education will allow me. Where I've had this sickness for years. I guess it's my lot in life. Well, I guess because of what's going on with the coronavirus, I'm just giving up. I'm not going back to church. I'm going to stay in my house forever. We start to live in fear. We start believing that we no longer can function. And I'm not going to be one of those pastors that stands up here and says, where's your faith? Because I don't believe that. I believe that we all have faith. He says, if you have the faith as the grain of mustard seed, you can move that mountain. I like what it says in James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it what? Shall be opened to you. Isaiah 40, 31 says, and he was speaking to the children of Israel, but they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. To experience this immeasurable favor, you must rid yourself of that small-minded thinking and start expecting God's blessing. Start anticipating promotion and supernatural Holy Ghost increase. You must conceive it in your heart and mind before you can receive it. In other words, you must make room for increase in your own thinking. And God will bring those things to pass. Until you learn how to enlarge your vision, seeing the future through your eyes of faith. Your own wrong thinking will prevent good things from happening in your life. And God will not pour fresh creative ideas and blessings into old attitudes. Let me explain what the scriptures have to say. Point number two, get rid of those old wineskins. Get rid of those old wineskins. Centuries ago, wine was stored in leather wineskins rather than bottles. Animal skins were dried and cured until the leather could be shaped into containers to hold the wine. When the wineskins were new, they were soft and pliable, but as they aged, they often lost their elasticity. They wouldn't give anymore. They would become hardened and set, and they couldn't expand. And if a person poured new wine... In an old wineskin, the container would burst and the wine would be lost. Interestingly, when Jesus wanted to encourage his followers to enlarge their vision, 
he reminded them in Matthew chapter 9, verse 17, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. So Jesus was saying that you cannot have a larger life with restricted attitudes. You see, that lesson is still relevant for each and every one of us today. We are set in our ways, bound by our perspectives and stuck in our thinking. But God is trying to do something new. But unless we're willing to change, unless we're willing to expand and enlarge our vision, vision, we'll miss his opportunity for us. But here's the good news. God wants to show you his incredible favor. He wants to fill your life with new wineskins, with new wine. But are you willing to get rid of your old wineskins? Will you start thinking bigger? Will you enlarge your vision and get rid of those old negative mindsets that hold you back? I was told you'll never make it. I was told, oh, you don't have what it takes. I was even told 25 years ago plus, you'll never make it in business. I had a, I had a choice. It was a crossroads in my life. Either I go in the way that I believe and have faith that God is going to provide, or I just go ahead and say, well, I believe what they said. They see me better than I see myself. I don't have the potential. I'm done. It's not going to happen. In the ministry, you'll never make it. You won't make it six months. I wouldn't go to that church. They won't make it 12 days. They won't make it 12 months. They won't make it 24 months. It's not going to happen. You don't have what it takes. Oh, But with God, all things are possible. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I don't count any of these things important to me. For I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm moving forward. Don't stand in my way. Don't stand in God's way. Because I know who I am in Christ. And I know who you are in Christ. Don't let anyone, anything ever stand in your way. Have faith. Let me prove it to you. So this past week, you know, we have a beautiful pavilion that was provided by you, by those that gave, by those that contributed. And so I want to thank you. And we've got concrete poured and we we were able to have the concrete poured at such a wonderful price. We were standing out there. My wife says, what are we going to do because of all of the dirt and the seed and stuff that's out there? There's no gutters on that. And I said, I know we've got to get gutter. So I immediately, I called Michael Troyer of of Weaver Barnes, and I said, Michael, we need to get gutters on this thing, or we're going to have a gully, and it's all going to get washed out. Everything that we've done, that we've labored for, has been in vain. Do you put up gutters? And he proceeded to say, yes, we do, and I will have a gentleman from our company contact you. Meanwhile, I was speaking with Ron Sr., and I told him, I said, we need to get gutters on. He said, well, preacher, I don't have a bender. So I called Matt Black at ABC. We have a cleaning company and and at ABC, uh, roofing and supplies and cells and all that kind of good stuff, all of the materials you need to to take care of your house. Uh, I called them up. And while I was there, I didn't call them up. While I was there cleaning, uh, I asked last week. But let me just put this story on pause for just a second. A couple weeks ago, one of my employees said, uh, Todd, I need to take vacation. We're going to Salt Fork. So I said, fine, go right ahead. Take the week off. Go and enjoy. His account is ABC, so he's always in there cleaning. But this past week, remember the conversation that I had with my wife, with others in this church, 
with Ron Sr., with Michael Troyer. And as I was speaking with Ron, I said, I know a guy. How many of you know a guy? We all know a guy, right, Ron? And uh, so everybody knows the guy. And uh, so I said, I'm going to ask, you know, what it would cost to have gutters put on this pavilion. Well, when we started here at 226 Southeast Avenue, one of the things that really struck me was how God opened up doors of opportunity on 10 acres of parsonage for our assistant pastor and his wife and to have a facility to facilitate our faculty. I always have to say that just because I, I love the little thing I put together. But anyhow, so, um, so now we all get to come together and we get to enjoy the benefits of the facility that God has provided. So Glenn goes on vacation. I'm at ABC, and I'm there cleaning. And as soon as I walked in, I grabbed my, my trash bags. I'm behind the counter. I'm starting to change some trash. Then I looked out, and I was walking away, and I seen Matt. Matt saw me. This is a whole nother Matt, not Matt that you guys know. We gave each other the big wave. I hadn't been there in a couple months. So we hugged and we embraced. And so he proceeded to tell me, I said, how's everything going, Matt? And he said, well, my wife's in remission. And then she was in remission, then the, the cancer came back. And I said, oh, you're kidding me. We've had a lot of talks, and he's a great guy, wonderful Christian man, and we've prayed together there in the showroom, outside in the parking lot. We've had some, some great God moments there. And I said, well, it's just bizarre that I'm, I'm seeing you because I just spoke into existence yesterday your name. And he said, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, we got a pavilion put up, and July 26th is our church dedication. We've been in the building for a year. I know. I've already been by to look at it. And I said, and, you know, phase number two was the pavilion that we wanted to put up, and we need gutters on it. He goes, what would you say? I go, well, we need gutters on it. He goes, okay. And I, I said, and I just need to get a price from you to find out what it's going to cost. He goes, Pastor Todd, are you kidding me right now? I'm going there right now, right this minute. I said, well, we're talking. It can't happen right now. Ryan saw it, right? He saw what was happening. He was with me. We were both working. And he said, no, I'm going to the church. I go, well, let me give you the address. I know where your church is at. I'm putting those gutters up for free. I'm not going to charge you anything. Wait a minute. If we don't enlarge our vision, then come to find out, he's the same guy that put it on George and Patty's house. So, and was a blessing to you and George as well, amen? So, the guy wasn't about that. So, I want you to keep his wife in your prayers, and I'm going to say this public for healing, that God would heal her. He has a heart for the kingdom, and crazy for me, most people would never stop what they're doing, but within two hours, I got pictures of the gutters, they were put up, and it's all done out there, amen, and saved the church $1,500, that's stuff you can't make up. When people said, oh, it will never happen. No, it will never happen with me, but it will always happen with God. When God spoke to Moses in a burning bush, and Moses heard the voice, the audible power of Almighty God, said, go deliver those people. He meant what he said, and he said what he meant, go do it. Now, we have to believe and by faith that God will give increase, and that will take care of us. That pavilion, this church, 
Who gets a million-dollar property for $125,000? That's God working all things out for His good. We've seen souls saved. We've seen lives changed. We've seen those with hurts, habits, and hang-ups come Thursday nights for New Hope for Recovery that are dealing with addictions. There are stories being told of that ministry here at New Hope because the doors were opened and the timing of God was perfect. If I would have just said, oh, that'll never happen. Oh, there's Matt. Might as well go back to changing my trash. I'm just a bore. I hate cleaning. Yeah, I've been doing it for a lot of years. I do hate cleaning. Just saying that to all of you. It's a means to the end, and God blesses. Amen? So I appreciate my CEO, Jesus, who provides all the time for me. And, uh, and this church family, too, because you're all very good to my family and to my wife and I. Back to, to the message. Get rid of those old wineskins. There was a young man whose marriage was on the verge of disillusionment. He said, nothing good ever happens to me. We've always had these problems. I didn't even see how my marriage would ever be restored. Well, you see, that kind of thinking will keep you from receiving the good things that God wants to pour out in your life. If you have the can't, I do attitude, then you'll never achieve the I can do attitude. Quit saying I can't. Quit looking at the cup half empty and look at it half full. This church is full today. I, I, I truly mean this with all sincerity. This church is packed with exactly who God wants here today. Really. I think so many of us pastors, we have a t tendency to go, oh, no, look, because of the pandemic, and, and this has happened, seriously. Some of my past friends have called me, what are you doing? We've lost this and we've lost that. We've lost. I said, you haven't lost anything. You have exactly what God wants for you. Oh, brother, you're doing it to me again. I said, I'm not doing anything to you. I want you to believe what the Holy Scriptures have to say. Press on, press on, press on, press on. Keep going, press on. Get that prize, get that reward. God is there to reward you. Just seek Him out continually. Hey, we could have church with two people in the room because he said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. So he can take care of all things. So good. I used to think, I used to gauge everything by numbers because I was listening to, the, to that voice that says you can't. Oh, no. What happened to them? What happened to that person? Oh, no. You know, and you could say the same thing. Where's that person in my life? Where's that person in my family? They're no longer around. It's okay. Keep pressing on. Keep moving forward. My wife had great faith. I met her at 15. She saw me. I saw her. She was sitting in like the third row. You've heard the story. We both didn't have to enlarge our vision because back in 1985, we had glasses that were this big <laughs> that had windshield wipers on them. You remember them? And if you were cool... The girls always put their little initials right by the corner. I mean, come on. You know that was true. I love the story of this hot-looking chick who was looking at me. I didn't think she was looking at me. You've heard the story. I turned around. I'm like, who's that girl looking at? Well, there's nobody behind me. I'm like, she surely isn't looking at me. Five foot eleven. Poofy hair, 
big glasses as big as a windshield. She's not looking at me. Well, you know what she did? She came back and asked the important questions as he saved, baptized, and called out, sold out for Jesus Christ. That's the only criteria that I have to have in order to marry this guy. So that's what she asked my Aunt Mita. Then she turned around, went home, and told her dad that night, you know that young man that was at church? We're 15 and 16, folks. I'm going to marry him. That's what she told her dad. Think this through. 35 years later, I'm up here to tell you this story that she had faith. And her faith was evidence in her life. And I'm glad that my beautiful wife sought me out and that I went back to that church because I felt like I was John Walton. Because <laughs> I sure wasn't getting the looks from anybody else anywhere else. <laughs> I had just left from being in a lake, and I think it was the tan that I had. That's why she's always like, can you just tan, honey? Just, I'm just kidding. So you see, the, the key is faith. Many of us have to have faith. And, and I give these little stories because I want you to know that faith is practiced out in our life. We've lived a life of faith. And it's not by all the things that we have that God provides. It's by faith that God provides. So if you can get a hold of that. And you'll realize that in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that, he's a re- that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. So if you look carefully, you will see that God has been trying to encourage you. He's allowed people to cross your path who are far more successful than you are, who have much stronger marriages, who are enjoying his favor in marvelous ways. And when you see or hear of other people succeeding or doing what you want to do, be encouraged for them. Be encouraged rather than being jealous. Don't say that could never happen to me. I'm not that talented. I'll never get those kind of breaks. I'll never have that much money. I want you today to claim I'm getting rid of those old wineskins. Get rid of them. Change your thinking. Get beyond the barriers of the past and start expecting God to do great things in your life. Amen? And I'll say this as I close. Perhaps God has been speaking to you. Trying to move you to a new level. He's put people in your life as examples to inspire you. And when you see their accomplishments, when you see their joys or their victories, something inside of you should say, Yes, God, I know, I believe that you can bless me in a similar way. I too know I can have a great relationship. I know I can be that happy. And I know I can go to the heights that you want me to achieve. You see, there is a seed within you trying to take root. That's God trying to get you to conceive it. He's trying to fill you with so much hope and expectancy that the seed will grow and bring forth a tremendous harvest. It's your time. You may have been sick 
for a long time, but this is your time to get well. You may be bound by all kinds of addictions, all kinds of bad habits, but this is your time to be set free. You may be struggling financially in all kinds of debt, but this is the time for promotion. This is your time for increase. Friend, if you will get in agreement with God, this truly can be a great time in your life. This can be a great time for you. This can be a time that God pours out His immeasurable far and beyond favor. You see, God says, Behold, I am doing a new thing to you. Do you not perceive it? Notice God is always ready to do new things in our lives. He's trying to promote us, to increase us, to give us more. Yet it's interesting that God asks the questions, do you not perceive it? In other words, are you making room for it in your own thinking? Are you believing for increase? Are you believing for more? Are you believing to excel at your job? Are you believing to be more effective leader or to be a better parent? It's time to enlarge your vision. It's time to enlarge your vision. Maybe God wants to restore your family or promote you at work. But you have to understand that seed of opportunity cannot take root because of your doubts. How could my business ever take off and begin to flourish? I've got so many obstacles. It's just impossible. God is saying to you something similar to what he told the Virgin Mary and others throughout Scripture. It's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your power. God said it's going to be by his Spirit. The power of the Most High God shall come upon you and cause it to happen. Now, church, with God on your side, you can't possibly lose. With God on your side, you can't lose. He can make a way when it looks as though there's no way. He can open up doors that no man can shut. He can cause you to be at the right place at the right time, changing trash so that the seamless gutter guy, Matt, can walk through the door and say, I have a blessing for you. Are you ready to receive it? I can be driving home from a count in Stowe, Ohio, and come right down Southeast Avenue and see a camper out front and tell Ron Sr., do a U.E. righty here right in front of this placey, because I'm calling those people on that camper. They're not in that house. That was God's timing, His place, His appointment for me that day. And that was a Sunday evening. Crazy, isn't it? But that's how we have an awesome and crazy God. Mark 9.23 says, Jesus said to them, If you can believe, all things are possible to him to believe. If you just I stand before you. I stand before this church to say, in our time of trouble, and in our time where we're at right here, right now in 2020, with a pandemic, with all of the chaos, with all of the hurt, with all of the pain, with all of the sin, 
that our God still holds the world in the palm of his hands. And not my will, but thine be done. And that in the midst of all of it, that even when those lions looked at Daniel and they licked their chops and said, your dinner tonight, he said, oh, no, you don't. You see, my God is greater. My God is bigger and stronger. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. Get over there and lay down. And Daniel fought those lions with the power of Almighty God. That is faith at its finest. If you feel like you've done this and your relationship has been more like this with God, I want you to do this and I want you to broaden. As you go into the doctor's office and he always takes all those little dials and he puts that crazy machine in front of your eyes. I want, as it's in front of your eyes, to look at that as the Holy Spirit and say, God, open it up. Start changing those dials. Let me see faith for what it is. God, give me the the power that you said was bestowed upon each and every one of us. And when things get difficult, help me to press on, to press forward. Because I know you said whatever I shall ask, you shall give. So in the name of Jesus, I'm asking today, if you're here and your vision has been blurred, maybe your contacts are a little bit smudged. Maybe you can't see through your bifocals as clearly as you once did. I want you to know that God, the healer, will help you to be able to see him, to see his power, and to take you to places you've never been before. And I mean that with all sincerity. You don't make these things up. This week, ABC, on a Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., well, 7.30 a.m. in the morning, a man walked through the building. I spoke of his name the day before, and he came and gifted us with free gutters so that you can enjoy fellowship in that building where the Word of God will be preached, where souls will be saved, lives will be changed, where people with addictions can come, hang out around a fire, and praise God for their deliverance. Isn't that awesome? Sometimes I don't want church to stop. I don't. Sometimes I just want, I, I just want to, I'm going to stop right here. But sometimes I just don't want church to stop because I love praising God and I love faith. Faith at its finest. And I, I want all of you to walk away today transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you to live and to run in victory knowing that our God is with you. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So thank you, Father, that he is fighting the battles for us. Amen. Let's rise to our feet. For we have an awesome God who wants to see us run in victory, to live a life of faith. And if this morning you have been struggling in your life and your faith has been compromised, The altar call is open for you. I want to thank you for being with us. If you need to come, would you come? Would you pray? And as the praise team comes, I just want you to say, God, help that seed that I haven't been watering to start to increase inside of me. I'll I'll conceive it. I believe what it is. But help me to grow. Help me to go. Help my faith to increase. God is ready to help you move on up to the east side. God is ready and he's willing to help you to go places you've never been before. God is here.
His presence are here. He is the cornerstone of this church. He is the pillar of our lives. He is Almighty God. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your immeasurable, far and beyond favor. Father, we pray that even today that the seed will take root into our lives, that, that we will see faith start to increase in ways we've never felt before. Father, for all those that are traveling today, God, I pray that you'll be with so many of them and build a hedge of protection about them, watch over them, lead them home safely, lead them to their place of, of rest and relaxation safely. God, as we just take this moment, there's somebody in this room that needs you as Lord and Savior. May they come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, we believe. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So God bless today. Change our hearts, O oh God. In your holy name we pray. Do your work. Amen.